This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, indeed. Greeny, we roll along. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. My thanks again to Cal Ripken Jr., who joined me earlier on the Goodyear Hotline. Again, we are doing Baseball Legends Week this week with the baseball season getting set to start. We had Cal today. We got Smoltz coming up this week. A-Rod, Ryan Sandberg, Ozzie Smith. Going to be great fun and delighted you're along for the ride. Our fascinating stat of the day is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app, and it was inspired by Cal. You know that Cal's Ironman streak, you know how many games in a row he played, right? You know that. It's a number that's kind of ingrained now. 2,632. You know what the longest active Ironman streak in baseball is right now? The longest streak in Major League Baseball is 307 games. Whit Merrifield of the Kansas City Royals is now a mere 14 years away from catching Cal Ripken for the longest consecutive game streak in Major League Baseball. So we wish him good luck with that. It was great to have Cal today. Fascinating stat brought to you by DraftKings. Your call is coming up. Towards the end of this hour here, I'll let you know when to call. We will open it up here for your takes coming off of all the busy stuff from the weekend. But I haven't gotten to the NBA stuff. And I was thinking this. And then I saw Stephen A. Smith post it. And I thought he just said it better than I probably would have. These were Stephen A.'s thoughts on the Nets adding LaMarcus Aldridge. So what's next? I mean, what, we going to get the ball boy next? I mean, this is almost like buying a championship for crying out loud. What about competition? We just going to get everybody now? Everybody? But if we just going to stockpile and get everybody and everybody running to Brooklyn to, to, to try to steal a championship, I mean, come on. So that was Stephen A. saying it as only Stephen A. can. And here's the thing, and you're, you're aware that by now that Andre Drummond now signed with the Lakers, and so the rich get richer in the NBA, which has been going on forever. That's hardly anything new. For 50 years, that's been maybe more than 50 that's been the way the sport is. It, it has been dominated by, by a, a, a small number of franchises at a time, historically, basically going back to the beginning. It used to be about who had the great big men, whether it was Mikan or Russell or Chamberlain or Jabbar, and it's now gone through to where you have these great pockets of players. Like the, the trio has become the thing. The big three has become the thing. It was a big two, then it became a big three. And the like. And, and I know everyone is going to say to me, Greeny, I didn't hear you complaining when Larry and Magic were dominating the 80s. No, I wasn't. But there is a degree with the players sort of deciding this themselves of it right now that feels a little hopeless. Like, like when Kevin Durant first signed on July 4th of whatever year that was, twenty. 15 or 14, whatever year it was that he, in the Hamptons, first decided to go to Golden State and play with Clay and, and Steph and Draymond. I remember I came on Mike and Mike the next day and I said, two things can be true at the same time. One, I have no criticism of him. If this is what he wants to do, then I have zero problem with it. And two, it is a disaster for the sport. A disaster. Because 
there's an element of something being a foregone conclusion that I think is a problem. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If, if you're going to make ask me to go see a suspense movie and you're going to tell me how it ends, nowadays we use the term spoiler alert for everything, right? Anything that you might plan on watching. In fact, I, my, my example is already dated. Let's use one of your examples. If, if, if you're watching Game of Thrones, then I come on the air the morning after an episode airs and I talk about what happened last night, you're going to want to kill me. You can't do that, Green. You can't give me a spoiler alert. You can't tell me what's going to happen. I'm watching because I want to know what's going to happen. You can't spoil this stuff for me. Well, in sports, it's kind of the same way. What makes it all so great is you don't know how it's going to end. So when you know how it's going to end, I think it takes a lot of the fun out of it. So when you build these super teams and everyone else just starts to feel like the Washington Generals, it's got to take a lot of the fun out of it. And I know that LaMarcus Aldridge isn't the player that he was five years ago, but he makes a difference. So they add Blake Griffin, they add LaMarcus Aldridge, and the Lakers add Andre Drummond. And if you're in Utah or Phoenix or Milwaukee or someplace like that, you're thinking to yourself, none of those guys are ever coming here. And then if you're in Memphis or in, in a fan of a lot of these other places, you're thinking, I, I would not blame you if every now and again you think, well, why do we even have a team? Like, why is there a team here if we don't have the same chance to compete that everybody else has? That was a problem in baseball for a long time. It is still to a degree, although much less than it was. And I think it is a problem in the sport. So Stephen A. said it well. It just, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what it is about it that bothers you, and it does. I also hearken back to a terrific call that I got on this program on Friday. A caller during one of our, our, our open phone segments called in. And said, Greeny, if LeBron James beats that team, beats Harden, KD, Kyrie, now they've added Blake Griffin, who, again, is a shell of what he was at his best, but he still was the first pick in the draft, and LaMarcus Aldridge, and all these other guys they have. What does that do for LeBron's legacy? And it is a really interesting question. Among all the titles won by Michael Jordan and LeBron James, So if you add up their championships, the six that Michael won on the four that LeBron has won, the most impressive of them all, I think, is LeBron beating the 73-win Warriors. That's the best win. I mean, by definition, the Warriors had the best record of any team in NBA history, and and LeBron's team had to come from 3-1 down to beat them. Now, there was the Draymond Green kicking in the ding-ding incident and all that kind of stuff, but one way or another, the facts are what the facts are. Not all wins and losses look the same. The best thing LeBron has going for him is that he made the finals so many times, and some of his losses you don't hold against him. The first year he got there against San Antonio in 07, he had no chance to win. It is a positive on his record that he got that team to the finals. Conversely, the year they lost to Dallas in 2011, when he was just flat a big part of the reason they lost and could not play in the fourth quarters of those games, that one counts against him. Michael doesn't have any of that. Michael just went and won. So what would it mean for LeBron's legacy? I think that's a very legit question. And if we do wind up with what feels like the foregone conclusion of Lakers-Nets, I think we have a chance at an epic series. I mean, it could be unbelievable. And I'm all in. I signed for it right now. There's just something about the way it turned out that just didn't sit quite well. The other thing I couldn't help but notice yesterday, by the way, is that KD was on Twitter fighting back against Randos who had an issue with this. He lives to do that. 
I continue to be surprised by the need he feels to do that. But I give him credit. He's open about it. One tweet was a person telling him not to give the haters so much power, and he just replied, stop telling me how to use my Twitter. And he's right about that. If he wants to, God bless him. If that's what he wants to do, but there isn't any question. He feels it. He hears it. He knows that's what's out there. That team has to win. Has to win. There is an enormous amount of pressure on the Nets. There is, in fact, I would say more pressure on the Nets to win this year than there is on the Lakers or on anybody else. The Nets have more pressure to win because they will be the bad guys. Putting this group together, sort of throwing everything else to the wind, they will be the hunted. Even with the Lakers having won the championship and having, you know, two of the three best players in the series on their side. So Lakers-Nets, the pressure is on the Nets, which is a pretty unique set of circumstances. All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Coming up, I have said that Carson Wentz has the most pressure on him of any player in the NFL. I think I've now figured out who is second. And I'll tell you who that is next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Oh, yeah. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance Jam Packed. We are guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Your call's about 15 minutes away. I will set them up for you and tell you when to call in. In just a few minutes. And again, packed today. Cal Ripken was earlier today with our Baseball Legends Week. We just went through all the latest from the NBA. The Elite Eight is set in the NCAA basketball tournament. And now back to the NFL. Where I have said many times here that I believe Carson Wentz has the most pressure of any player in the National Football League going into next season. The expectations are be great or it's your fault. Everything is set up for him The whole world is laying in wait for him based upon the way he worked his way out of Philadelphia, and it couldn't be more set up for him. 
So I think that there was extraordinary pressure on him to win big and play great in Indianapolis. I think the player who has the second most pressure on him at this point might be Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the Giants. Jones was drafted sixth overall, and I can tell you that in all the years I've been covering the sport, there are only a handful of picks that have gotten the kind of reaction that one did. We were down there. We were doing get up from the draft. That was when the draft was in Nashville that year. And the world just lost its collective mind when he went six. The one person on my set who liked it was Rex. Generally speaking, everyone was lining up to lambaste the selection and indirectly to lambaste Jones. And Jones has come in, and I think he's shown you some good stuff. And let me juxtapose, for example, his first two NFL seasons with the first two NFL seasons of the quarterback he replaced, Eli Manning. Eli Manning, for those of you who remember, when he first stepped in for Kurt Warner in the middle of that first year, Eli's rookie season, Eli looked completely lost. I mean, thoroughly lost. He looked like he didn't know which end zone his team was trying to move towards. And in all, the first two seasons, Eli was 52% completion. Jones is 62%. Eli was 30 touchdowns, 26 picks. Jones, 35 and 22. Eli had a passer rating of 70. Jones has a passer rating of 84. It's been a better start, but it's a different world. We live in a different world. That team wasn't going to give up on Eli practically no matter what happened. And this team might give up on Daniel Jones. And if this year doesn't go well, I could see the Giants deciding not to pick up his fifth-year option. I could see the Giants seriously considering having a different quarterback as soon as next year. And Daniel Jones is suddenly heading the direction that Mitchell Trubisky and many others have, which is find me a place to go and land as a backup and hope I get another chance. Now, he's got a long way to go between now and then. But the Giants have put together a squad around him. If I'm the owner of the New York Giants, and his name is John Mara, I look at it this way. We picked a running back super high. Everyone tells me he's the best whole sport. We picked an offensive tackle at the very beginning of the draft last year. And I just went out and spent money on the most expensive wide receiver in the free agent market. You tell me why my quarterback isn't set up to succeed. And you know what? That's exactly what John Mara is saying. He did an interview with Ian O'Connor in the New York Post in which he basically said all of those things. When asked about the roster, he said, quote, I think our roster was good enough to make the playoffs. When asked if Daniel Jones looks like a quarterback who will ultimately win a Super Bowl, he said, quote, yes, he does. I can say that without any hesitation. When asked if he's good enough to win multiple Super Bowls like Eli, he said, quote, I don't see why not. So, look, there's a couple of different ways to look at comments like that. John Mara is not a normal NFL team owner. All right, John Mara didn't make his fortune in other businesses. John Mara was born into this. The Mara family has owned the New York Giants since their inception. Football is the family business. And John Mara has been around the block and back 10 times. And so he knows what those comments are. So there's one way of looking at it where you say, well, what's he going to say? If you ask a direct question, can Daniel Jones lead you to a Super Bowl? He can't say no. I think his ceiling is the first round of the playoffs, but there are ways to massage that. And John Mara is sending a message to his fans, maybe to his team, maybe to his general manager, maybe to his quarterback, of what he expects. 
And I'll say this, I think he's got a chance. I, I think that the Giants have a chance to be good. And the truth is, it's really all going to come down to the quarterback. I think they found themselves a good coach. I like Joe Judge. They did go out and spend a bunch of money on a wide receiver. They did draft an offensive tackle at the beginning last year, and they will fortify that line in this year's draft. They will have ample opportunity to. There are a ton of good linemen in this draft. There's four or five that will go in the first round, and there's a bunch more that will go right after. The truth is, and they've got Saquon, and they've got the bottom line of it is this. If the quarterback is the goods, if he is an above-average NFL quarterback, I'm not saying Daniel Jones has to make you forget, I don't even know who, Kurt Warner, someone like that. But if Daniel Jones is an above-average NFL quarterback, I believe the Giants have an excellent chance to make the playoffs this year. I do. They closed strong last year. They had a lot of good things going for them, and they should get better. They figured to get. They played the whole year without Saquon Barkley. That has to make you better. They didn't have anybody who looked like Kenny Galladay last year. Offensive line can't be worse. It better get better. So if the quarterback is the goods, that's a good team in basically a bad division. I continue to say the Cowboys are the most overrated team in the sport, at least by the people who keep telling me that they are a lock to win the division. And candidly, Vegas has them an odds-on favorite. I don't see it. Washington is the team to beat in that division for sure. The Eagles are rebuilding. The Giants are the question mark. The Giants, and I think, and that's why I said I think he has the second most pressure, it's going to come down to the quarterback. Once and for all, how good is he? If he's good, I think that's a good team. And if he's not, I think that's a team that will be looking for a new quarterback this time next year. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. All right, the time has come for your calls. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It is time for your hot takes. It's a jam-packed little juncture on the sports calendar. You got the Elite Eight. You got all the basketball wheeling and dealing. You got all the football stuff that's going on. Baseball starts this week. Whatever you're interested in, if you can get past Bubba, you can get to me. 888-SAY-ESPN. Your hot takes are coming up here on ESPN Radio after this time for some straight talk. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With straight talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just 199 bucks. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. Back at a flash on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast.
All right, Greeny with you as always, coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We're coast to coast on ESPN Radio. We also stream every single day on ESPN Plus. And right now it is time to find out what is on your mind, which is brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. My phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. I'm looking for your hot takes. I want them hot today, coming off of what was a very busy Sports Weekend, and that gives me the opportunity to say hello for the first time today to Hashtag Bubba. Bubba, how we doing? Pleasant. You? I'm well. What was the what, what event over the Sports Weekend was the most interesting to you? I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> You're a man of great mystery, Bubba. Many don't know that. Uh, people know. Okay, fair enough. All right, then, then I can ask you, who is our first caller with our first hot take today, Bubba? I believe we're going to start with Ryan. All right, Ryan, you're on ESPN Radio. Ryan, serve him up hot. What's your hot take? Ryan, you are right, Ryan? I will say this. I'm enjoying Ryan's uh, bad phone, but I think at some point it will become tiresome. Bubba, that didn't work out so well. Let's see who's next after that. Bubba, who's our next caller? How about let's try Jackson. All right, Jackson, you're on ESPN Radio. Jackson, give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny, how are you doing? I'm great. Good. So my hot take is I think within the next 10 to 15 years, the NFL is going to fall drastically behind Major League Baseball. And my reasoning for that is, I mean, as far as ratings go, my reasoning for that is because of what you call the NBAization of the NFL. See, I'm, a, I'm an Indianapolis fan. I like the Colts. I like the Pacers. The Pacers are obviously small market. They've been screwed by big-name players like Paul George. And so that's turned me away from the NBA, and I'm fearful that's going to happen to the NFL too. See, here's the thing, Jackson. I totally get your point, but it won't, and here's why. Because the NFL has two things going for it that the NBA does not. One, it has a hard salary cap, so there will always be limitations on how many players can decide to team up in one spot and win. And then more importantly, there's only room for one quarterback. Overwhelmingly, the most important person in any of this is the quarterback. The quarterback is LeBron, Harden, KD, all these guys. And there isn't room for two. It's not like Russell Wilson, I'm just making this up now, Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson are going to decide to go play someplace together. That doesn't happen, and so long as that doesn't happen, so long as there are good quarterbacks to go around for every team, then I don't think you have that problem. So I do not agree. I do not think that's a problem for the NFL. And I can tell you definitively that people who, people who their entire lives revolve around making these kinds of decisions have told you with their actions they believe for at least the next 10 years the NFL remains the most significant television property in the world. If you just looked at the news of the last two weeks. So... If, if you think that the NFL is headed towards real trouble anytime soon, I would disagree strongly. But I do appreciate the call and the take. Bubba, who's next? Travis is up. All right, Travis, you're up. Give me a hot take, Travis. Hi, yes. Uh, I don't know if it's so much a hot take as much as a hot debate. So the first draft pick is, I think, being overrated as far as taking a quarterback because you're stuck with them for five years where the player has already proved himself in the college level and shouldn't be tied down with five-year contract on a rookie deal. He should be on a shorter contract because he's already proven himself and should get that bigger money quicker. Well, look, that's just not the, that's the way it used to be, and that created a host of problems. And so they went to this new rookie salary cap that has the four-year guarantees plus the fifth-year option, and it, it comes with unintended consequences. 
But the reality is the people who were negotiating that, which is the current, which was the current players, which is the Players Association, they're not in there fighting for the guys who are in college right now. So yeah, should Trevor, would Trevor Lawrence be better off if he got a shorter deal? Maybe. But at the end of the day, what I don't think you need to worry about is that Trevor Lawrence won't get paid a trillion dollars if he's great. If Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or any of these guys winds up being great, they'll make all the money in the world. That's not the problem. The actual problematic unintended consequence, in my opinion, Trevor, is that having less of a, a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for, l- less of a need to make these guys work, being less tied to them, less tethered to them, teams give up on guys too fast. See Trubisky in Chicago. See Darnold in New York. See lots of guys in the old days, teams would move heaven and earth to try and make that work because you have so much uh, attached to him financially. You don't have that anymore. So now I think they give up on guys too fast. That's my opinion. And a lot of careers sort of never get a chance to get going. A guy's a bust. Daniel Jones played two years. And all of a sudden, we are genuinely and realistically talking about this being a make-or-break year for his whole career. It's probably not fair. It's probably not a good way to do it. But it is the way it is. And so I think that is actually the larger problem for young quarterbacks. The flip side of it, Trevor, he's great. He's going to get all his money, and I don't think you have to worry. Greeny with you. All your hot takes are flying in here. They're brought to you by 303 Products, premium protectants and cleaners. Keep your car looking like new longer with 303 Products, premium protectants and cleaners. Bubba, who is next? Jesse is up. All right, Jesse, you're on ESPN Radio. Jesse, give me a hot take. Hey, here's one that I think you're going to like. Why is it after we saw Carson Wentz get taken for a steal with a third-round pick to Indianapolis, has Pittsburgh not offered a third-round pick to the Jets for Sam Darnold? A great year for him to sit behind Ben Roethlisberger and be able to be your quarterback of the future. Yes, I, I think that it that's that's basically what is going to be Darnold's future. It's a very good call. I think that would be a great spot for him. I think that is right. And and Kimberly Martin told me today, I'll play it for you again. I asked Kimberly Martin, what is the market on Sam Darnold right now in a trade return for the Jets? Here's what she told me. Well, the conversations I had with NFL GMs, most of them said maybe a third, and they were sort of not really feeling great about that either. You know, one even said a late third might be a little too rich or possibly a conditional fourth. That's insanely depressing. If you are the fan of a franchise that managed to trade up to take a quarterback third overall and now here have turned him into someone whose value is a third pick, a third round pick or a conditional fourth, I mean, it's organizational disaster, but it is where we are. So, yes, I think that something like that is going to happen. If you're the Steelers, I like that. Now, look, the Steelers have Dwayne Haskins on their roster. Have we just totally given up on him? Dwayne Haskins was also a first round pick two years ago. We've just totally given up. Okay. I mean, if so, then if so. If not, I think if you're the Steelers and you could get Sam Darnold for a third-round pick and let him sit behind Ben for a year, I think it would be tremendous, a tremendous move for them. And I would give it a 50-50 shot of him turning out to be really good because I think he's good. I think he has the potential to be good. And he's going to take that shot somewhere else. Pittsburgh seems like a good place. All right, Bob, I got time for one more. Give me one more hot take. We got Sam. All right, Sam, you're with me on ESPN Radio. Sam, give me a hot take. Van from Savannah. Okay. Carson Wentz will get back to MVP level, and the Annapolis Colts will make the playoffs and even the AFC championship game against the Chiefs. 
book it, Greeny. I like it. I, I'll tell you, my only complaint with it, I don't know if it's that hot of a take, which is to say I don't think that would be a surprise. Do we think the Colts having a huge year? Look, I think the Colts were a Super Bowl-caliber team last season. Frank Reich, who I think is a very good coach, coached a terrible game in the playoffs against Buffalo. Absolutely terrible. They should have won that game, or they certainly could have won that game. The Colts were a team that I think had it in them to make a reasonably deep run a year ago. And yes, Wentz should be an upgrade from Rivers, if only based upon his age. In that division, Houston, well, they were already terrible, but they're going to be way worse now. And who am I forgetting? Jacksonville. They'll be better, but they're not going to be a Super Bowl caliber team. And let's see what Tennessee is. But I like the Colts. I think the Colts, to me, are the team to beat in that division. And I think they are one of of a short list of teams you could see doing some real damage in the playoffs in the AFC. Again, I don't disagree with the take at all. The only thing I'd say is I don't think it's that hot because I could see it being very realistic. Thank you, everybody, for the calls. I love them. It is always a pleasure. I love doing this, and we try and make sure we get time for some phone calls every single day. In the meantime, let me take you through the machinations of the quarterback carousel of last week and tell you what it all means as it was spinning out of control on Friday. My big complaint with that was that Shefty waited until right after I finished my show on Friday to break the news of those trades. I would have loved to have been doing those on the air Friday instead of having to wait until today, but such is life. So by now you know what happened. The 49ers, the way it all nets out with a whole bunch of draft picks moving one way or another is that the 49ers are at three, the Dolphins are at six, and the Eagles are at 12. The Jets remain at two, and there was something very telling in this for them as well. So I know what you're thinking to yourself. You're thinking, Greeny, this presents a lot of questions, and the good news is I, and perhaps I alone, have all the answers. The first question is, who are the 49ers taking? Who did they go up there to get? And the answer is Mac Jones. The 49ers traded up to three to take Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama. I can give you two reasons why I believe that. The first came from Mike Tannenbaum on my show today, who pointed out that there are two pro days tomorrow. The one in Columbus, which means Justin Fields. The one in Tuscaloosa, which means Mac Jones. The head coach and the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers are going to Alabama. They're going to see Mac Jones. They're going to go spend some time with Mac Jones, not with Justin Fields. To me, that is extremely telling. So that's piece number one. Piece number two is this. You can say whatever you want about the way you want your quarterbacks to play. We need the second dimension. We need RPO. We need all this other stuff. At the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan and Matt Ryan had one of the great partnerships you've ever seen. Ryan had by far his best season and was the MVP of the league, not 20 years ago, four years ago, with Kyle Shanahan as his, as his coordinator. The most comparable person, the comp everyone gives you on Mac Jones is Ryan. He is Matt Ryan waiting to happen. If you're Kyle Shanahan, why wouldn't you want that? So I believe, even though some other evaluators don't think Jones is the third best quarterback in this draft, I believe that is who the 49ers are going up to get. That's the answer to the first question. The next question is, are the 49ers really going to keep Jimmy G at least for another year? And my answer to that is, I don't think so. I think Jimmy G is going to wind up in New England. 
And the point was made on my TV show this morning on Get Up. All these people telling me, oh, Jimmy G, he's missed 23 out of, 20, out of 48 games, and he's had injuries, and he's overpaid, and he's overrated, and he's all of these things. And all of that may be true. But none of that matters. One person's opinion in New England matters, and that's Bill. And everyone will tell you Bill loves Jimmy G. Mike Reese will tell you Bill loves Jimmy G. I believe Jimmy G winds up in New England, and Mac Jones is the starting quarterback week one for the 49ers. The next question is, does this mean the Dolphins are 100% sold on Tua Tunga-Vailoa? And the answer is, sure looks that way. Because they would have had other options. There's a lot they could have done with those picks. And, or that pick, the number three pick in this draft. And what they chose to do with it was maneuver themselves very definitively into a place where they can get a dynamic offensive weapon and add more picks. That sounds very much like a team that is loading up to try and win with the quarterback who was on their roster. And frankly, I think it's probably the right call. Probably the right call for them to make. So they will add someone like Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts to this, maybe they take the offensive tackle, Panay Sewell. I, I, don't, I don't see it that way, but it's not impossible. At number six, if he slides there, one way or the other, they wind up building around Tua, which feels like it's probably the right thing to do considering that's the guy they believed was going to take them into the promised land. He will have a full, healthy offseason, which he didn't have last year. He has shown you the ability to be a special player. So I think it was the right thing for the Dolphins to do. And then the last one was, what is the significance of the 49ers trading up to three instead of to two? And in my opinion, that tells you everything about what the Jets are doing. If the Jets were willing to part with the right to take Zach Wilson, they would have traded the second pick to San Francisco. And if the 49ers didn't know who the Jets were taking, they may not have traded up to three. The connections between the 49ers coaching staff and the Jets coaching staff are well known. They're as close as any coaching staffs in the country, in the, in the league. Between Shanahan and the guys who were still left there, and Salah and the guys he took with him, namely the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur. So the 49ers know what the Jets are going to do. The Jets are, are going to take Zach Wilson. Sam Darnold is going to become available. And the Niners are going to take Mac Jones. That's what's going to happen with the first three picks in the NFL draft. Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. The Jets are taking Zach Wilson, and the 49ers are taking Mac Jones. And the question is, where is Sam Darnold going to wind up? And what's going to happen behind those three as far as the other two quarterbacks? Darnold, anybody's guess. We had the caller bring up the possibility of Pittsburgh. We'll see. Kimberly told us it's going to be a third-round pick in return. And as far as the two quarterbacks sitting there, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, fascinating. Does Atlanta feel like they want to take one of those two guys? If not, that's a perfect spot for someone to come up to. Cincinnati certainly isn't taking a quarterback. That's a perfect spot for someone to come up to. So if you're Carolina and you want one of those guys or any other team, Denver, anyone else that wants one of those quarterbacks, I think the wheeling and dealing has just begun. And I do not think that it is inconceivable that we will wind up in a place where there will be two more trades and quarterbacks will go one, two, three, four, and five in this draft. I think there's a real possibility that that will happen. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Uh, and I, today's list, by the way, I feel like I, I need to do this again because I so enjoyed this list. It is inspired by one of my favorite players of all time. 
and it features two of my favorite players of all time. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. Right, the Green List, my top five every single day, is voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And we can all agree, if there's one thing I know, it's cool. Who knows cool better than Greeny does? Well, today, in honor of Walt Frazier's 76th birthday, I loved Walt Frazier. I grew up, I slept in New York Knicks number 10 pajamas. Walt Frazier and Joe Namath were my first two favorite athletes. And so in honor of Clyde, today's top five are the five coolest athletes of all time. Number five. Five is the Fab Five. Jalen and company. Jalen Rose, Chris Webber. Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, and of course, Juwan, who has that team in the Elite Eight right now. They changed basketball. They changed the culture around the sport. They changed the fashion of the sport. The baggy shorts, the black shoes, the black socks, the bald heads, that started with them. Go watch the 30 for 30. Look at the reaction they got. They were light years ahead of their time. They changed the sport in a million different ways. And they were, at, to be able to have the courage and the conviction to do it at a time when it was not always received well, among other things, they had all the guts in the world and all the cool in the world. The Fab Five, our number five on today's list. Number four. At four of the coolest athletes ever is Broadway Joe. Joe Namath, I loved him. And, and, and obviously, the way that he transcended sports was unique for his time. He was on the Brady Bunch and all those things the pantyhose commercials, the fur coats, all the rest of that. But you don't even need any of that. Joe Namath was the quarterback of a team that was an 18-point underdog in a championship game, not yet really known as the Super Bowl, playing for an upstart league that no one thought belonged on the same field with the other team, guaranteed a win, and then did it. What could possibly be cooler than that? Joe Namath, in every way that matters. Belongs on today's list of the coolest athletes of all time. Number three. Walt Frazier is three. He's still wearing the suits at a time when fashion was not part of the equation. Long before, before Russell Westbrook and James Harden and all these other guys were even born with the fashion choices they're making today and how important a part of their presentation and their lives that is, there was Clyde. At a time when no one was doing it, Clyde was doing it. There was nothing cooler. He had the hats. He had the suits. He had absolutely everything. Nothing was cooler than Clyde Frazier in the 1970s. God bless him on his 76th birthday. Happy birthday, Clyde. He's three on today's list. Number two. Two is Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan, how much cooler could you possibly be? The Air Jordan logo is inarguably the most iconic sporting logo that we have and will be forever. And oh, by the way... Michael Jordan remains in practically every poll the most popular athlete in America 20 years after he plays his final game. So Michael Jordan belongs near or at the top of this list. He's only number two. Number one. Because I think Ali has to be one. Muhammad Ali is number one because of everything that he did, because of everything that he was, because of how far ahead of his time he was, and because if ever anyone could look into a microphone and say, Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. Now you see me, now you don't. George thinks he will, but I know he won't. If only for having said that, Muhammad Ali is number one on today's green list of the coolest athletes of all time. The Fab Five, Namath, Clyde, 
Michael Jordan, and Muhammad Ali. Hey, it's time for some straight talk. You know, your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune in to Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Great fun today. Thank you for all the phone calls. They were, as always, outstanding. Thank you to the great Cal Ripken Jr. for kicking off Baseball Legends Week. Still to come this week, Ryan Sandberg and A-Rod and Ozzie Smith and John Smoltz. So we'll have plenty of fun as we work our way through it. And we'll see you back in Better Than Ever tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Today on Barton Hot, March Madness rolls into the final eight. And did the Jets' vision at number two become clearer? Join us today on Barton Hot, starting at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.